One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Marty. No. Kay. Welcome back to the edition of Scholars Podcast. That's Mike Anderson that's laughing at me right there. I'm Ed Brown Merkel. Mike, we won a playoff game. We did. We did win a playoff game. That happened, right? It happened. Okay. Um, now, I just, I just want to make this known that, uh, you know, a couple minutes after that game, my mood was back to even keel. Didn't didn't affect my mood at all. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Emotions don't really affect me right. when, when the sports teams, you know. So, I just want to make sure that's known to everyone listening. My mood today was not influenced by the, by the game on Sunday. Right. Not at all. Just a flat line. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm even keel, baby. Yeah. You know? Right. Win, win, lose, or draw. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Happy guy. Okay. Well, I uh, I was a little more up and down than that, but. Oh, yeah, I remember. But, you know, <laughs> we, we won't get into the depths of that. That's uh that's a that's a whole no one wants to go into. That's right a now. different podcast. No, that's, that's a different whole podcast series, Mike. Oh, okay. I mean, just saying. But before we get into the Vikings, Mike. Yeah. There was three other playoff games there, that happened. Yeah, there there were. There's there, there's no there's no more uh, you know North Face anymore, even no. though the Green Bay, but they're playing next week. So let's break down some of these games that happened uh, prior to the Vikings and after the Vikings, because some big games. Yeah, let's do it. So you had Texans top the Bills in overtime, two overtime games. I, I think they had a stat like that hasn't happened in a while. Two overtime games in Wild Card Weekend okay. hasn't happened in quite a while, but um, that was a wild game. Yeah, uh, Bills jumped out early. I think they were up sixteen nothing. Something like for that. Most yeah. Of that game. Yeah. Uh, the Bills were the only, uh, or I guess let's flip it. The Texans were the only home team, I believe, to win uh, this week. And then I Correct. think I heard the stat that last year, three out of the four teams that won in the Wild Card round were road teams as well. Um, so road well, I guess teams I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Road teams having some success, but uh, yeah, you know, Bills looked good, um, but Deshaun was able to lead them back and made a ridiculous play to set up a game-winning, uh, game-winning touchdown where he essentially got met. Two guys kind of met at Watson in the backfield and knocked him around. He spun out of it, was able to you know break free and through kind of a checkdown uh, in which the running back um, made a really nice move and ended up getting. 30, 40 yards to um, ultimately set up the game-winning uh, field goal, I believe, in, in that case. So, and don't quote me on this, but I think I think he said that, uh, was it Randall Cunningham or some? I th- I th- I'm pretty sure it was Randall Cunningham. That's the only reason why I remembered it. Texted him before the game and said, be great when you have to be great. Yeah. And yeah, you look at that, and that's that's the perfect moment where you have to step up and do something. And, you know, this is what we know Deshaun Watson's capable of doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm a big Big Texans uh, supporter, I guess. You know they've they've run into uh, a bit of bad luck throughout. Um, it seems like they're always injured. JJ Watt came back, was able to play um, a yeah, little I, bit. It was hilarious on Twitter. Some of the guys were like, "Oh, this is a mistake to play JJ Watt." I was like, "Was it really?" Yeah, and I mean, really he didn't. Was it? He, didn't uh, he wasn't in there, you know, on every down. Certainly not playing 
um, as many snaps as, as he had in the past, and, and we'll see how much uh, you know he's able to play going forward. But um, they're without Will Fuller, so uh, you know Hopkins had a had a tough matchup against White. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, yeah, you got to hand it to Watson, able to get it done. You know, down double digits, and uh, I think the entire second half. I think they were up sixteen nothing in the third. I want to say, but um, Could be. yeah, nice win by the Texans, and they get to play. Texans play uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, yes, Chiefs. So that'll be a good matchup. Uh, Watson, Mahomes, to the to the bright young stars in the NFL. So. Two guys that went uh, after Mitch Trubisky in the draft. Um, uh, how'd that work out for your Bears fans? Oh, yeah. not well. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, Titans edged the Patriots. Now, I think a lot of people kind of saw this as a possibility based on how the Patriots have been playing the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and this was one of my one of the matchups that I I had pinged because the Titans were playing really well in the season. Patriots are kind of just coasting back into the the playoffs here couldn't even beat Miami to get themselves a bye. They beat Miami to get themselves a bye. Don't even have to play this game. Right. Um, can't do it. Uh, Titans win twenty to thirteen, and uh, now you got questions about Brady. He's, his contract is up. What is he gonna do? Um, what is it? What is this team gonna do? I mean, you got Brady's not there. He's clearly not performing at the same level he was previously. You know, in his right. endless Super Bowl and playoff runs before. Um, like I said, seventeen of his nineteen seasons with Belichick. They've made the playoffs. Not only made the playoffs, they've won their division in 17 of those 19 seasons. Right. So it, it's absolutely insane to me what these guys have been capable of doing. Um, but now there's question marks for the Patriots' future. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird game. Uh, basically no scoring in the second half until the pick six, which essentially was the final play of the mm-hmm. game almost. So, um, Which in reality, this game should have ended 14-13 if yeah. he would have actually just nailed it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Brady, not that great of a game. Um, you know, completion percentage a little bit lower. Uh, not a ton of weapons there, obviously, though, with Edelman. Um, you know, it should be enough. We've seen him do more with less. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, then you still had no Gronk this entire year, so, I mean, your right. offense is clearly taking a, a step back there. Yeah, I think this one is, is interesting to watch, right? Because um, as we'll get to Breeze, you know, Breeze sounded like he's got a little bit of uncertainty, whereas Brady immediately came out and felt that, um, hey, I do plan on playing next year or more years to come. I think I can compete at the championship level, and he's a true free agent. So, right. um, you know, does he feel like he needs to stay there and, and continue to play for New England and cement, you know, even further that legacy? Or, you know, would a team like the Chargers or, you know, a, a team that feels like they're a quarterback away, uh, something very similar to what the Vikings felt a few years ago. Right. Um, does a team like that, the Bears, you know, uh, come in and, and say, hey, here's a check. Uh, you fill in the You write the number and we'll pay you for one year, you know. So uh, definitely be fun to watch. I'm not sure yet. You know, I know you're, you're saying Brady, I think, is, is kind of done. Or maybe you're saying the Patriots are done. But I, I think I, I, he's I got think some the, football left. I think the Patriots are done. And even if they bring back Brady, I just um, – that that's the one mainstay that has kind of bridged everything yeah. else. When when anything else was falling down, you either had Brady or Gronk to be there and kind of lift up everything else around them and op- make those openings. And then you were getting some good defensive play. But right now, Brady isn't playing at that level. Right. And there's nothing that 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 he's shown me this season that tells me he can pick that up next year. Yeah. He fell off that cliff. He fell off that cliff hard. That's yeah. that, that's my honest you know thing with it. And you look at Breeze. Breeze was still playing at a high level throughout this entire year, so he yep. has not hit that cliff yet. No. So to me, Breeze has a much brighter future next year 
than Brady does. If you wanted to play, yeah. Right, if you wanted to play. Now, Brees, all contract situation, he is being paid $21.5 million on the cap, on uh, Saints cap next year, and he's not under contract. So it's extremely difficult for the Saints to keep on credit carding Drew Brees. Especially when you, when you're trying to figure out what the what the succession plan is going to be. Right. If that's Teddy Bridgewater, you got to commit now. This or is the time to do Taysom it. Taysom Hill. And gotta, if it's yeah. Taysom Hill, you got to commit now. Yeah. Like you can't just be sitting here continuing to hand Drew Brees 25 million and continuing to shove that in the future. That's it's just not going to work out in their right. favor. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, interesting. You know, uh, end what, of season breakdown. Didn't didn't the Chargers uh, initially draft Brees? Uh, yes. Wouldn't that be interesting to have Breeze go to the Chargers? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be another one. Um, you know, Rivers, we've got, we were just talking, maybe we'll have to do a podcast on uh, the quarterback market here potentially at the end of this year. But um, Titans end up getting that win, and they're going to then, I presumably, Baltimore. Um, and and that that's a fun matchup. Uh, I, I think you can argue right now that the Titans are, are playing the best football or right. as good a football as any team right now. In the AFC, especially, um, yeah. Yeah, and they're confident. They're going to go in. They're hitting, you know, what would appear to be a buzzsaw, but... Uh, yeah. I think if there's any team that, out of that field that matches up good against Baltimore, I think Tennessee is it. I mean, this is oh. gonna be this is gonna be a good game. How do you think there, there's another team? I mean, look at where they were with Mariota starting the season here. Um, how much are they just the fans just feeling like they're playing with house money, and you've got to be just ecstatic at how, like? I mean, we, we, if you look at Tannehill and what he did in Miami, then you're like. You see him starting, you're like, well, okay, how much better can it actually be? And then he rips off this what yeah. seven, eight-game stretch that he has, and it's just been nothing short of revelation. Yeah. Like, Tannehill's your guy going forward. Yeah. No, and, good for them. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. excited. That'll be a fun one to watch. I like both teams. Um, you know, actually now in the AFC, I, I don't really care who comes out. Um, Whoever comes out, it's going to be a hell of a show. Yeah. yeah. Hell of a show. So... Just buckle up. This is a fun playoffs, man. Yeah. This this year, both sides. This is a fun playoffs. Eight teams left. <clears throat> buckle it up, man. Um, last one. Seahawks defeat the Eagles, seventeen and nine. By the way, same score that they finished the regular season. That they came in also at yeah. Eagles, seventeen nine. So um, they beat them twice, seventeen nine. You okay. think they're eight points better than than the Eagles? Apparently, I think they are. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty consistent. Um, as you hear, half year Wentz injured. You hate to see that, obviously. Early in the game. He's from my alma mater, NDSU. Um, but, you know, McCown played pretty well in, in, in replacement of him. Obviously yeah. doesn't have some of the same tools and same skill sets that, that uh, Carson does, but I don't think you can ask for much more from a backup coming in in that situation. Yeah, I would agree. I think you got everything you could have out of, out of McCown. And, um, <clears throat> unfortunate to see Wentz get injured. Uh, concussion protocol, it sounds like. So, yep. um, you know, Wentz is been hurt a few times throughout the career but this is something that you know it's it's not a it's not a deal where you're injury prone when you take a hell you know a hit no uh, yeah. to the head like that so you know you hope that he he's able to uh recover get back and and you know hopefully play a, a healthy season or seasons here going forward um yeah the eagles were winning this game and they had pretty much everyone on, on the injured list yeah so yeah. Um, the fact that they put up this big of a fight, I think it, it should be very encouraging for the Eagles fans. Yeah, I mean, tough place to win. It, it, we know there's some difficult places to play in, in the NFL, and, and I think at Philly is one of them. But uh, Ross I, I, is I, don't, able... I don't ever remember us playing at Philly. <laughs> uh, 
That's good. That's good. It's working. The training's working then. Gotcha. Um, Rust, you know, what more can we say? If you're a fan of the podcast, you know how much, at least myself, um, is a huge fan of, of, of Wilson. So, uh, gets a win. Now he, good, he, you ignore that. You're learning. He wins, uh, he wins a trip to Lambeau, um, where I think Should a majority of Vikings fans will be uh, cheering for him. Um, well, I'm on record, and I'll say it here on the podcast. If we make it past, if the Vikings make it past San Francisco, which we'll get in here in a bit, it doesn't matter which one of those comes out of the game. I think we're winning it. Right. We're either winning it in Seattle or in Green Bay. I just don't think it matters. Yeah, but uh, Seahawks and the Packers have had some epic battles over the last few years, so um, should be a fun week to watch. The should be a spicy one, it, which yeah. is really interesting because you go from the Vikings Saints who've had some epic battles. I think we we played each other, what, four times in the last three years? Something like that. Um, and then you have those guys as well. They have the, that same storied history of the last five, six, seven seasons in there where uh, yeah. some pretty massive playoff games that have, have fallen one way or the other. So it's uh, it's fixing to be a really, really nice couple of weeks of playoffs here where yep. you just get some of these, these battles that have gone back and forth. And which way are they going to land this time? We don't know. Right, right. So... That's yeah. the league. That's around the league. Um, so we got a couple minutes here. Let's talk about special teams first, Mike, and then and then we got to take our break and, and get on the round table. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> special teams, we're bumping that up. Usually we do offense, special teams, defense, but special teams, Mike. Um, what about Bailey? Bailey, I mean, again, he's on fire. I, the confidence is at an all time high for me in the kicker position. So he did good. Uh, I think Colquitt had his first touchback. Of the season. Not great. <laughs> but, you know, he's holding the ball pretty good for Bailey. And, I mean... He had six punts that averaged uh, just a tenth or so of a yard underneath 50 yards. So And, and if you um, recall, on our last episode, when we were talking about how we would beat the Saints, what did we say, Mike? Field position. Field position key. is going to be key. And yeah. what did we do? We flipped fields. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, kick coverage was... Yeah, kick coverage... It, it, Bit of an issue, like you said. Um, they have a really good returner. Yeah, uh, really so, fast. Um, you hate to see it, but he didn't rip off any for TDs. And I think one of them got called back on a hold, so or a, a double illegal block or something like that. Yeah. But <clears throat> whatever it be, you know, kicking was good. And bonus, Mike, a kicker actually missed against the Vikings in a yeah. playoff game. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I could not either. Lots, I think, missed a 38-yarder. Yeah, going into half. You guys will correct me if I'm wrong on that, but geez, man, like, that's how I knew we were going to win the game. When a kicker missed against us, yep. I'm like, okay, all right, there's some good omens here. So. Yeah, and what, we get uh, Robbie <clears throat> good as gold next week, as yep. I believe San Francisco is, so uh, Bailey and Gold, all, you know, two of the more accurate kickers, so um, obviously you do have an outdoor game, uh, probably a little early to, to take a sneak peek at the weather at this point, but I think last I checked, um, it was supposed to be rain or something like that. If someone posted, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a week out for weather. You, but, you but really you, can't. You do add a little bit with that outdoor field and everything. Yeah. Um, but special teams certainly at this point, I think we feel good about. It. It's not an area of concern. We did have Cheryl's. Um, you know, I guess we didn't touch on. We lost Mike Hughes to guess IR back, for back again. Cheryl's injury. back. That. I haven't been able to find yeah. much more out. I don't know what happened. It seems sketchy, but I mean, they called it a neck injury in the report. So, uh, I but don't he know. didn't get hurt at practice. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's some weirdness going on there, but I mean, I don't think he was not injured. No, I don't either. But I, is it like did he have a car accident and get hurt? Did he like what? Because he practiced in full on Wednesday, correct? Wasn't on uh, the yeah, report. Yeah, would have to look again. Yeah. 
and then ends up on Thursday, and they IR him on Friday. Yeah, I don't I know. Just, I don't know. But, yeah, overall special teams, I think, you're confident going in. Yep. Uh, we'll keep in mind the weather conditions on Saturday at 3.30. But, I mean, um, like we said. that's going to be both teams. The, the bonus of uh, <clears throat> having Charles is, is he doesn't, he very rarely fumbles He's going to catch it, yeah. He's, he's going to catch it. He's yeah. very, very adept, very practiced at catching that ball. Um, he's probably not going to have a chance to rip up the touchdown. I don't think he's got that juice anymore. But he's going to get you some nice returns. He's very smart. He he understands the coverages. He understands the visions, and he can get there. It, honestly, if he just catches that football, um, you know, I, as you know, I'm a little paranoid with. I, I just I don't want that turnover. I don't want the fumble. I just want exactly. him to catch it, fair catch that, it. That's the gone. worst time to get it. Yeah. Yep. So um, just catch the ball, and we're we're good. Yep. All right. Special teams. That's over, Mike. We got to take a break. We got to climb on the climb in the pocket round, round table. table. So. That'll be probably up when you're listening to this. If it's not, it'll be up soon. So yes. watch out for it. If it's up when when we post, I'll link it in our, our Daily Norseman post so you can take a look at that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll be back after this short break. And when you hear us again, we'll be talking about offense, defense, and how we beat San Francisco. All right, all right. We're coming right back in to the Scolders podcast. Just finished recording the uh, Climbing the Pocket Roundtable. Uh, with our good friends on the Climbing the Pocket Network. That will be up, uh, when you're hearing this, it'll be up tomorrow, Wednesday the 8th. Uh, so look out for that. It'll, it'll be on the YouTube page, as well as everywhere else where the, the Climbing the Pocket Network is. Um, really fun show, Mike. I uh, think you enjoyed being on there as well. Um, I know I did. I did. That was a blast, actually. So uh, a lot of good topics there, so you should definitely go and check that out. I think it is well worth your time to do so. Um, but, Mike, right now, we got to finish talking about <clears throat> the Minnesota Vikings beating the Saints, and then we got to talk a little bit about San Francisco 49ers. So let's dig right into it. Mike, offense, what did we see? Uh, well, let's just start at the top, right? Let's start. About, let's talk about Cousins. Um, what? He, you know, essentially changed the narrative. Uh, you know, uh, if you're one of those people that says one game doesn't change a narrative, you know, whatever. You can just, you know, fast forward the show a little bit. You but, can go pound sand if yeah. you have that, that mindset. Get the heck out of here. We don't want you. But, I mean, I think, you know, he goes into the Superdome as, you know, the biggest underdog of a wild card weekend um, in a game where nobody gave us a chance. Multiple analysts across, you know, the national right. media were picking us not only to lose, but to lose by double digits. Honestly, like, I would... I'm typically a guy that just likes to go see see what other analysts are picking. I saw one guy pick us, and I, I didn't even see that. So there was, there was one guy that was on a panel of like seven. Okay. One guy picked us. Everyone else was like, I don't think they have a chance. Hell, on the broadcast, uh, the the in was like two guys had us losing by seventeen, another guy by fourteen. So, um, like you said, no one gave us a chance, but. <clears throat> But he gets the job done. You know, yeah, if you look at the stats from afar, 19 for 31, 242 and a score. Um, no interceptions, no fumbles, was sacked twice, I believe. Uh, but you look it's at... A hell of a 19. You, you look at the clutch throws, and there were a few drops, right? There were yeah, two or three absolutely. drops. Um, but you look at the throw to Thielen uh, in overtime, and then you look at the throw to win the game to Kyle Rudolph. Uh, both incredible throws. I mean, an unbelievable catch. By Thielen, a hell of a catch by by Rudy as well. But um, just to to play as well as he did in the second half, and then to continue it on into overtime and just go right down um, with those big plays and win the football game, uh, 
you know, I, I think you can, you can wipe the slate clean, so to speak. You can, you can get rid of that. You can throw it away because now he has gone out and won a game in one of the most difficult environments in the playoffs. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's huge. I, you can't like, I feel so great for that guy, you know, I, and I know that entire team does everyone like, it's just, it's a monkey off the back. And I'm really excited to see him play not only on Saturday and the following Sunday, um, you know, and then two Sundays after that. But right. I'm just excited to see how he plays now because I think this is a huge, just, this is the first time he's really done this. So let's see where we go from here, you know? And, and to me, honestly, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the round table, but um, the manner in which he did it, it almost looked like he was evolving before our eyes in the first half of this game where he had a little bit of a rough start. You know, a couple things didn't go didn't go the Vikings' way. He kept his, his even keel, took some shots, made some really good decisions, um, you know, during the course of that game, and like you said there, just I think he played lights out when he absolutely had to, and, and that's exactly what we wanted to see from this guy. That's exactly what we paid for when we paid him, you know, $84 million, whatever. Um, this this is what you want, and like you said, that, that weight's now off his shoulders, whether you not you think the narrative's gone or not. <clears throat> Personally, if I'm a guy like that and I have all this, this stacked negativity behind me and I win one of these, it's all gone off of me. I, I'm not thinking about that anymore at all. Yeah, I I mean I'm with you. I think it's I mean point blank, it's done. It's it's over. He's It's done. It's finished. He's won a big game and he he outdueled um, you know, arguably a top 5 quarterback of all time at his stadium. You know, it it's just great win. Just a great win. Absolutely. Super happy for him. Um, but what else did what else did Cousins have around him that, that made him made him do this? Uh, well, let's start out with I guess Thielen. Maybe we'll, we'll stick with the passing game and okay. then and then move back to, um, you know, the running game. So you know, you look at Adam Thielen. He no, I, I know leading into this, you, you kind of thought he might not be a hundred percent yet. Right, uh, four catches since October. Um, obviously did not play in the Chicago game. I think had three catches in the San Diego game. Um, I believe was shut out in the the yep. Green Bay game. Um, That's where a lot of players. Yeah, so just, you know, Thielen really, I, I wasn't sure if he was healthy or what was going on. Well, um, he comes out, ends up, you know, actually having a really rough start, uh, makes a nice play uh, early in the game, but ends up, in my opinion, not moving the ball to the outside arm and then fumbles the football. Uh, you know, I was listening to PA today, and, and he, you know, believes that it's shaking the rust off a little bit. Um, but then after that, he had a holding call. Granted, it was a really weak holding call. I'm not even sure how they threw the flag, but yet again, called on him. And then after that, he had a drop. So a really rough start for Thielen. Uh, but then he bounced back and he ended up with seven catches, 129 yards. Obviously the, the catch of the year. Um, I I mean, literally I, I, this isn't a playoff. This is, I mean, that's the best catch by a Viking this year. And we've had a lot of them and it might even be one of the best catches in the NFL this year. Best catch. I mean, Uh, throw was on point. Just, yeah. So I think Thielen being back is massive. Like we talked about it. If, if he was not going to be a factor, then ever, they're just going to take digs away. Um, you know, we didn't know what Dalvin was going to be. We're going to talk about him in a minute, but to, to, to know that you have a healthy Adam Thielen, now with the Cousins as one to get a big game, and with the next guy we're about to talk about who appears to be healthy, this offense all of a sudden becomes extremely dangerous. Well, sticking with pass catchers here, I mean, you say Kyle Rudolph, we can talk a little bit about the end of the game a little bit later, but, I mean, 
he's also been lights out this last several weeks too. You look at him, and he's throwing up touchdowns at any time you need it. Um, some of the big, big catches in late in some of these games to put the, the either put the games away or put the Vikings in the lead. He's the guy they're going to in these touchdown right. catches. So, right. um, just an incredible weapon to have in that red zone. I mean, we joked about it a couple of years ago. You know, Rudolph the red zone tight end, but it is super true this year. He has been lights out in the end zone. You throw anything within yeah. a ten yard radius of him, he's gonna he's gonna snatch it in. Yeah, I mean, Rudolph's been that guy that's made the big catch in the end zone this year. Um, you know, we, we saw it in, I, I don't even know all the games, well, the Denver Dallas. game, Dallas. Um, you know, he just, he's he's been huge for us. Uh, you know, I know and it's... I'll, a, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be crow on this one. I, I didn't understand why we brought him back this year. I, 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 wanted, I wanted the cap space, but you know what? This is why I'm not an NFL GM, because clearly it has worked out in our favor. I, I don't think we're sitting here where we're at right now without Rudolph. <clears throat> yeah, you know, you and I both, I think we're on the same boat where we thought we had a David Morgan, we had Conklin, we had Irv Smith Jr., um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, knowing that they're going to do a lot of blocking, I think we thought there was an opportunity to save a little bit of money there. You try to be rational about it, but um, clearly it was the right move to keep him on this team. The veteran presence, he's made huge catches. He's been, this is, you know, arguably his best year that he's played as a Viking. So um, look for him to continue to be a force here. Um, and and guess what? If if all these other weapons are drawing attention, a lot of times he can have a mismatch and, and, and make some big plays. So, yeah, let's hope Rudolph keeps it going. Also, he had some yak this game. I was not expecting yeah, that. He had like a couple 20-yard yak games. I'm yeah. like, geez, I'm not – this is different Cal Rudolph. Yeah. So different Vikings team, different different pass catchers. I just touched on it, Nelson, talking about Cal Rudolph. OPI. What do you think? Yeah, um, you know, obviously a controversial call or, or talking me, point. But... Controversial in, in yeah. talking point after the game. Um, when I saw it live, I did not think that there, you know, I didn't think there was anywhere near offensive interference. Obviously, right. when they slow it down, um, you can see an arm extend. I think that the super slow-mo replay and it's certainly the still shots um, are a little unfair and make it look worse than it probably was. I think for me, there was contact initiated by the Saints defender initially. And when two guys come together like that and are kind of battling, right. usually they're going to let that go. Um, so I didn't have a problem, obviously, and, with the no call. And to me, like this entire game, there was a lot of no call that you probably, if you were calling it to the letter, to the absolute letter of that rule, there should have been probably 20 flags for P.I. Right. And, you know, that's some of these games, they go a lot of the playoff games, they end up like this where they're going to let you play, they're going to let you kind of fight a little bit, unless it's blatant, yeah. they're going to let it go. And this one, I mean, it's not like he did full, like, arm from the chest all the way extended out, push off. No, his arm was like maybe four inches not extended, and then he extended his hand a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, that's barely a push off. Well, and I think right they've they've said all Drew along. Drew Pearson did more than that. They've said all along that the goal was to, you know, essentially make sure that if there was a blatant call like there was in the right. Saints last year, um, that that got called. But um, you know, essentially this, this one's bang bang. It was. Very, they haven't been calling this all close. year. Um, I do think if it was thrown initially, they probably don't pick the flag up. Well, okay, but, but they did call it one time this year against the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Thanks, um, Yeah. So I would say no, uh, nothing there, and, and we're moving onwards, and the Saints can cry about it if they want. Oh, trust me, they're going to cry about it. I'm sure they're going to want to propose a rule where they get the ball. You know, both teams have a chance to score a touchdown. It's, I can't wait yeah. for it. It's, it's yeah. going to be a circus, but... Um. Yeah, we're, we're just we're done with that one. So the next two kind of play in, into each other here in the offense. So 
Start off with Delvin. I mean, guy comes back, hasn't played in, what, two weeks, really? Um, same with Madison. He was fresh in, too. But you looked at Delvin, it looked like he had that second gear that we hadn't seen since the beginning of the season. Right. He looks well-rested. Well he looks ready to go. Um, and you got to be excited about that going into San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I think this was the other question mark, right, with Thielen and Dalvin, who had uh, missed some time and then also looked – um, you know, he hadn't had a run of over nine yards for, I don't know, however long. Um, but 94 uh, yards, two scores, three catches, 36 through the air. But the big thing is how explosive he looked. Um, the commentators are even saying it. He looked like the fastest guy on the field at all times. Um, he's just, he's he's a great, great, great running back. Um, as you know, if you've been listening to our podcast, uh, I thought coming into this year he had a chance to be a top three fantasy running back. Right. Um, I think he's cemented I himself he, I there. I think he did that. Well, yeah, probably did, um, even with missing some time. Right. So, um, um, I, But I think I didn't realize how key he was for – how important he was for everything to click because right. um, it, I felt like Madison could come in and it felt like we were still able to do what we wanted to do. But, man – he is it's, a different it, type of player. It's it's a whole different level this offense yeah. gets to when he's on the field. And yeah. um, you have your 94 yards, two scores. Um, and credit the New Orleans. They were taking away some of our outside runs where he's been right. extremely explosive and dangerous on. So to get those 94 yards, those are hard-fought yards. Those are through the middle, through the second level. Um, credit to our O-line, which we'll touch here in a second. But um, anything left on Delvin here, man. Just explosive guy, just piece of dynamite in this offense that can just explode at any time. Yeah, and I, th- I think, uh, again, full circle here, you look at Cousins going out, winning a game in a difficult environment against a really good team, something he's never done before. Adam Thielen shaking the rust off completely, having a big game, making a big catch. Dalvin Cook coming out looking incredibly explosive. So now you have all the pieces of this offense back and healthy, and then you combine it with the defense, which we'll touch on here in a little bit, that's playing their best football season. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you can see a reason why a lot of Vikings fans are optimistic right now because right. this is a football team that is going to be a really difficult out, and I don't care that they are going to be on the road for all these games. This They're going to be tough to beat if they play like they did on Sunday. And the offensive line, for I mean, the pressures that they did give up, I think they had eight pressures, but um, as, as we touched on in the, the round table, four of those came from skill positions. So this offensive line did incredibly well against this New Orleans front. Uh, and like I said, some of these runs that were to the inside – we were pulling it to this, getting to the second level. So uh, if you can continue that success with this O-line with Delvin and you can have any margin of success on those yeah. outside runs, this is going to be a dangerous running attack. And it doesn't matter what you do with Cousins. If you can run the ball well against San Francisco, yeah. you're probably going to have a good day on offense. Yeah. Because it, it just sets up so much of that passing game. It does. Um, I, I think, you know, we'll get into the preview here in a moment. Uh, this is going to be a big test for that line because um, I think you're looking at arguably the most talented defensive line front um, possibly in the NFL. I mean, they've got some absolute monsters that can that can just ball out. So uh, it'll be a big test, and hopefully they can keep uh, Kirk upright and, and also you know continue to open up some lanes for Dalvin to hit, and, and uh, everything will come together. But, um, yeah, I mean, shout-out to that O-line because, you know, they played a hell of a game. They did. And roughing the passer on, uh, on you know, the celebration room on Brian O'Neill probably should have been called there, but... Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen that celebration video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He almost ripped his shoulder off, damn man. But uh, yeah, 
offense, I think that wraps it up for offense, defense. Um, I want to preface this with, <clears throat> I did not think Mike Zimmer had this in him, this defensive game plan. This was a masterful class in, in how to call a defense, how to scheme a defense, especially when you're down um, you're down two of your corners that you've relied on the entire year. You don't have your slot corner, so you end up having to play Sandejo there to typically play safety. Xavier Rolls has not had the best year. Um, you're just you're weak in that secondary. Yeah, your linebackers have been playing out of their mind. Um, you can't get an interior pass rush, so what does Mike Zimmer do? He gets innovative, and he starts doing some some coverages that we haven't seen. He starts flipping in our DNs to the our, our top two DNs into the interior um, on some third down pass rushing situations, and he just creates havoc. And where where's this innovation been? I, I I don't understand where he got this. I don't care as long as he continues this throughout the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Right. This was a masterful game from Zimmer, and he he's saving his job right now. I think. Yeah, I think he did. Um, I would agree with you. I think, you know, we were talking before the show, and I asked, was this his best game, uh, knowing my answer, and you agreed. Um, Without question. Uh, listen, there were there were a lot of demons that were that were slayed this game, not only Cousins, but I think Zimmer, right? Um, I know yeah. this podcast had questions about uh, Zimmer's ability to go into a big game and not feel not have the feeling that we got out-coached. Um, let me just ask anyone that, that's listening to this podcast, what game was bigger than this one right now? You could argue that maybe the NFC Championship game against the Eagles was, but I don't think so. You're in the sixth seed. You're going to oh, a very he... hostile environment to a 13 and three team that's led by this the, by Drew Brees, and they're putting up 40 points a game. This was a massive game, especially when everyone was counting you up. Yeah, and but I mean, even look at that NFC Championship game. They get they get killed 38 to seven. You know, so I mean, even if you want to count it as a huge game, which I mean it was. Um, you know, felt like we were out coached in that game or not prepared. So, but I mean, it was, um, at least with that one, what I'm saying is that there was a one and two seat facing off right, against right. This this was truly David versus Goliath, and needed a Herculean effort to get there. Yeah, I, I think you know, I guess on the points you made, yes, Zim earned himself another uh, few years probably here. Um, certainly, it will go a long ways if they can end up uh, competing and or beating the 49ers. Um, and, and, you know, extending this run. But uh, hell of a game. I think just in all facets, he really called a, a perfect game. Uh, what we had, uh, Taysom Hill uh, posed a little bit of a problem at times. But you know what? He's an extremely versatile player that's tough to right. uh, really guard against. So, yeah, can't say enough about Zimmer. Um, it, it's it's tough to game plan against a, a guy like Taysom Hill when you have such an adept guy of Sean Payton on the other side that's yeah. scheming with him. I mean, you, you just can't you – can't, you can't really scheme what you don't know because he he's gonna come up with some weird looks with that guy. So, um, but yeah, then you you know you look you talked I think shorthanded. Um, you know Mike Hughes goes to the IR last minute unexpectedly. Um, I got at practice early on in the week and then you lose him for the year. And then Mackenzie Alexander. Um, it sounds like we found out today that it is a meniscus tear. Uh, he's weighing his options. I, I guess there's probably a possibility he could play if this run goes a little bit deeper, but right. we'll know more about that. We're um, not expecting him to play no. uh, during uh, 49ers, 49ers for sure, so. no. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned Sandejo stepped up and, and really played a fantastic game. Rhodes played a pr- fantastic game. Um, but I think part of the reason they were able 
able to do that was the pressure created by Everson and Hunter. Right. Um, you know, they were absolute monsters. Zim moved them to the interior at times. Um, you know, essentially rolling with four defensive ends at times, which... It, I mean, we've said this the last couple of years, like, this is the NASCAR package. This is the true NASCAR package, except the other times they were bringing DNs and filling in the tackles. This time they swapped it. Yeah. And it was just... It was beautiful. It was a piece of piece of art. Yeah, and it, I mean it's something that is is done at times, but it's not something that the Vikings have really done. No. Um, so I, I think a great strategy. It ended up working. I think both of them had two sacks, or maybe there's one and a half and two. But um, regardless, Everson, you know, played a pretty strong game there. It looked like the Everson of old, and of course Daniel Hunter, you know, uh, arguably one of the, the well, not one of. He's arguably the best defensive end. Uh, out there so uh, defense looked great again I, I said they needed to play their best game of the season and they did yes. Anthony Harris with another interception a beautiful interception and here's um, the, here's the other point I want to make with this defense okay the Saints offense had only eight giveaways this entire season eight we had two like the, the quarterback a defense you know to that to that effect to that result that's just absolutely massive well 12 12 sacks only all year and yeah. how, how many sacks did we have? Four. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, this I felt they needed to play their best game of the season to win, and they did, and we won. Um, so we're essentially wrapping this up at this point, but if you if you look back at what we said in the, in the, the previous podcast of the Saints, what did we say? We said, okay, you can let Michael Thomas get his catches. You just can't make him light you on fire. Seven catches, 70 yards. He got his catches. He got his... But you limited it. He yep. didn't. He didn't break free. He didn't get those those long bombs. He didn't get. I don't think he got a touchdown. No. Um, so you held him in check there. And like you said, you you get after the quarterback. If you play that good defense, you get after Drew Brees. You get him off his spot. I don't remember if we said that, but that would be one of my tactics to to get to Drew Brees and to make this team beat them. Is you get after Drew Brees, you make that happen, and we did that. Yeah. So a couple of things we said that were absolutely key. Vikings playing their best defense of the, of the year, probably of the last three years. Yep. We did. Yeah, and, and I mean, it took that pressure up front, uh, you know, focusing on, on Thomas um, and not letting him beat you over the top. But the, the pressure does a couple of things. It, it doesn't allow the Ted Ginn and, and even Jared Cook and right. those guys to develop those little bit longer routes that they're going to run. Um, those guys didn't really hurt us because Breeze didn't have, you know, the time. Even though he does get rid of the ball extremely right. quickly, um, he had pressure in his face. And, and when we, we've seen this before with Zimmer versus Breeze. Yeah. We we have been successful getting pressure and getting him off his spot a little bit. Right. It's just sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because Breeze is Breeze and he's going to eventually get his. But you keep him down for long enough, yeah. at a certain point, it's, it's not enough time to get back. That's right. Unless it is, and then we have to go to overtime. But, you know, we're not going to go there. <laughs> Um, anything else in the Saints game, Mike? I mean, no. This this was just a hard fought win, and I think pretty much the exact way we would have called that we would have to win against this team because they're an offensive juggernaut to be sure. Yeah. So I think um, the only thing I'll say is you know I think we played pretty well in all three phases, and you know I would say arguably the Saints. A lot of people think we're the best team in the NFC. Uh, there's certainly a few areas where we can improve, and I, I'm sure we will, but. You look at this, if the Vikings can play uh, well in all three phases, I don't see a reason that we can't beat any team remaining um, when you see an outcome like you, you just did on, on Sunday. And I think we said that before, is that as long as we can show up with a complete game, 
we can play with any team in this league. The problem is, over the season and over the last several, sometimes it's been very inconsistent when we actually get that. <clears throat> right. Hopefully, we can sit, we can put that away, and defense can continue their their uh, their dominance here over the last couple months, really. Um, and hopefully, Kirk has, has put all that narrative stuff behind him, right. and he's ready to roll. Yep. He got a playoff win under his belt, and and that means a whole hell of a lot in this league. So. Preview. Preview, Mike. The battle Saturday, three thirty. How do we beat Central the Niners? Time. Well, we need to score more points than them. That would do it. I think that's my big key to the game. Okay. Yeah. My my big key, holding them to less points than us. Oh, I like that too. So. Two big keys. You heard it here first. Yeah. If we do those two things, we will win the game. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I think that's it for the the preview, right? Yeah, we might as well just score prediction and then. Call okay. It um, <laughs> no, it, it, San Francisco is a good football team, right? They've been a team that, uh, you know, was in the top of the power rankings basically the entire year. You know, them and Baltimore. Uh, or right up there at, at 1-2, uh, a team that also went into the Superdome and, and beat the Saints, granted, in a very different fashion at 48-46. Yes. Um, but they've also lost some football games, right? Uh, we've seen Seattle beat them, granted, very late. But then you look at the game they just played against Seattle. It was a really close game, came right down to the, the third yep. of a yard line. Um, so they have shown that they can be beat. Um, but what is this team about? Well, as we mentioned earlier, they have arguably the best defensive line in football. Um, they have some absolute monsters on on that line that um, Buckner have, Boza. They've they've caused issues before. You look at last year. I think Buckner got us. Uh, I wanted to say a handful of times, but they they definitely got some pressure last year, uh, and they utilize that pressure to then have a really opportunistic pass defense that actually is rated relatively highly because of how dominant that defensive line is. So um, that's kind of their, you know, their scheme on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then over on the offense, you know, you've got Jimmy G that has had kind of a, a, a middling year, if you will. Um, I think it, it's Cousins-esque, right? I think those two are, are probably close on what the fan bases think about how they've played over the course of the year. Um, and then he's got George Kittle as the primary weapon, you know, an absolute monster, one of the true young superstars in the league. Um, he's looked unguardable at times. Uh, and then, you know, you combine that with, um, you know, Samuel. They've, they've got uh, kind of a, a handful of running backs that they like to use, it seems like. Uh, Mozart has, has been the guy of late that they've been using. They use him out of the backfield as well. Um, so offensively, you know, they're they're not a team that necessarily strikes a ton of fear into you. You know, they're, they're certainly no Saints team. We have a better offense than them, but they do have some weapons. Right. Um, so, you know, they're they're talented really all over the board. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit here. You're going to about experience. Um, this is definitely a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in, in a fair amount of years. Uh, probably going back to the Kaepernick-led teams, I would I would suppose. Um, so you, you really, you might have Richard Sherman, uh, kind of a leader on the team defensively that's been in a lot of games. Uh, but I guess, I mean, uh, do you see that being, uh, having a big impact on the game? The fact that the, this Vikings team in, in over the last, you know, four or five years has played together in some big time playoff games. Whereas this is a team that's going to get their first taste of playoff football for a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, it's going to be a huge factor. And I don't think that San Francisco themselves might not realize it right now 
But being able to keep that even keel, I mean, we talked about it. <clears throat> Maybe we didn't even talk about it in the Saints a little bit, but um, some of the, the, the coverage I heard and some of the, the interviews that, that I heard, um, the Vikings' sideline during that overtime was completely calm and quiet. All right. That is not typical of a, a bunch of rookies that have never been in that situation before. The bulk of the Vikings team are two years removed from an NFC Championship appearance. And then two years removed further from a different wildcard game. So there is a lot of people in the Vikings organization, coaches, players that have been there, have lost varying ways. Lost on a missed field goal, lost by being blown out, won a completely miracle game, Minneapolis miracle, won this overtime game here. They've won these games, they've lost these games, they understand where you need to be at mentally. And if you only have a couple voices on the 49ers, I'm sorry, they can't talk to everyone on the sideline, right? So you're going to have moments where it might be too big for some of these rookies, for some of these rookies and second-year guys that haven't been in a game with this magnitude where it truly is win or go home. Right. You look at it last year, they were 4-12, and and somehow now they're 13-3. and That is a massive flip, and this is their first playoff game. Right. That's a hell of a long, that's a, that's a hell of a long road to get there. And it's, it's been two weeks for them to be thinking about this game. Yeah. Be thinking about, oh, I can't make mistakes. And then when they do, you can easily see that quicksand happening where they make another mistake and another mistake, and you just you can't seem to climb out of it. Well, so yeah, I think that's the danger for San Francisco, if anything, is you look at Jimmy G like that. If he starts making mistakes, where's his mental state going to be at in a game of this magnitude? Right. Well, especially a fan base there that you know is, is known to be a little tumultuous, if, if right. you will. So, um, you know, you reminded me of a stat I saw coming into this. I think it was... Uh, Quarterbacks starting their first playoff game uh, since 2005 um, are, I think it was like two and 11 uh, overall. So you know, you know, essentially over the last 15 or so years, right. any quarterbacks that have come in, you know, you don't have a lot of success. And I think it's because of what you're saying. You don't realize the you have a little bit of nervousness to you. You you might take some chances that you normally wouldn't do. You might miss some plays that you normally make on a routine basis. Or, or something that we've seen from Cousins this year where you might just shell in and turtle and, and be afraid to make that next yeah. mistake. So you're not taking some of those chances that you should because they're there. Um, and, and that's only something that you can learn once you've made those mistakes. And then you're like, okay, well, if I don't try, if we keep on doing this, we're going to lose anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, this winter go home. There, you can't hold anything back at this point in, in football. So, um, I, I think it's going to be that. That is a massive edge on the Viking side. I don't think anyone's given us that much credit for it. Um, I, I'm surprised we I, haven't heard this I, I said think, anywhere. I think you're going to see it this week. You're going to see a lot. Of I, it I hope this we week. do because I think this is one of the biggest factors in this football game. Yeah, you're, you're looking at a three-year head coach that hasn't head coached in a playoff game yet, and Zimmer, who's head coached in what four? Five? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see it. I think you didn't see it last week because you also have a Saints team that's been to the playoffs and been there and, and been in some big games over the last few years. So that narrative probably didn't make sense last week. Right. But I think it does make a ton of sense this week, and I think you will see it. Um, you know, but you look at even the big players. Look at Adrian Peterson back in 09, fumbled 16 times in that NFC yeah. Championship game. The, the brightest stars can still come into these playoff games when they're not used to it and struggle. Um, so yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. 
Um, other than that, I guess, you know, the big key for me is going to be how our offensive line can play against this defensive front. Uh, not only for making sure we can keep Cousins upright, but also being able to establish lanes for Dalvin to run the ball and take a little bit of pressure off Kurt. Um, I know you said you're loving what you're seeing right now, but I'm telling you, this is a this is a little right. bit of a different monster. And, and I think part of that doesn't even have anything to do with really the O-line. I think part of that is uh, to limit their chances, you got to do a lot of this play-action rollout stuff. And I, if it's not 100% working, I think you still have to be doing it just to give the O-line a little bit of a break. Because some of these guys are relentless. Like Boza and, and, and Buckner, they're going to be relentless. You're going to have all you can handle with those guys. And yeah. I don't care who you have on your offensive line. They're going to get home on a couple of these shots. They're going to give you pressure. They're going to give you all you can handle. So you got to try to get some of those rollouts where it doesn't matter and some of those guys can just... Um, take a take a breather and not have to worry so much about keeping Kirk upright because this is going to be this is going to be a marathon on that old line. Well, you, you look at my only concern is you look at of the games we lost. You got uh, Green Bay. You have Chicago twice. Green Bay twice. Uh, some solid defensive fronts there. You have Seattle, who is clowny. Um, you know, a, a loss there. So it's we've just seemed like we've struggled um, mm-hmm. against those those fronts. So it's going to be a, a huge. Huge opportunity for them to to prove that narrative, uh, you know, false to slay another another demon as we're talking about demon slaying. But so yeah, I haven't watched a lot of San Francisco, but does Bolza typically line up against Reef? No, I believe he's the other side. Okay, so we Buckner should be, right be against Reef. So we should be right then. Yep. Um, I have a lot of faith in my boy O'Neill. Yeah. So you know, I think that's a that's a big one for me. Obviously. Um, you know, getting Dalvin going, right? We, we talked about it. It seems like we're a different team when he's running the ball well. So I think that's where I'm looking at is, is a huge key for us. And then just for this defense to continue to play like they are. Um, I think that they're going to have more opportunities to create some turnovers. Right. Um, this is a worse offensive team. You've got to keep an eye on Kittle. Um, but it seems like Zim never lets a certain player beat them. You know, it's almost like the Belichick mentality. Right. Um, so I got to imagine they're going to go in and have a plan to slow Kittle down. Again, it's fine if he gets some catches here or there, but you just, just get, don't you know, limit let the, him yeah, kill you. Don't let him get yep. get away. But it's, it's going to be it's it's a tall task. Yeah. Um, but it, it's definitely doable after what we just saw them do to Michael Thomas. Yeah. So. I don't know. So I think I think that's where I'm at. Um, I look for Diggs to have a big game, as you know. Uh, you know, well, I guess fans don't know because they're not in the group chat but uh, it was driving me crazy that we were not getting Diggs involved on Sunday uh, I think that Diggs looks at the success that everyone had I know he just wants to win right um, but this is a big stage the stage keeps getting bigger every single week and he's the type of player that I think is just due for a huge game on on a national stage and, and I, I think I said this before the show started you look at Diggs and a lot of times he's up and down right so he'll have a game where he's pretty quiet and has a couple catches and you know maybe 30 40 yards and then he pops off for 150 yards oh, and, and two touchdowns. So this this feels like if it's going to be one, this could this could be this it. could, he could be take his, the top off it. Yeah, 12 and, for 180 yeah. and three or whatever. I mean, Randy Moss. You 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 could see that. Yeah. Hell, even even five catches for 180 and three. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, he's that talented, and if that connection is there, um, clearly Cousins. It feels like he's he's got that deep ball ready to go. Yeah. He locked and loaded that plenty of times against New Orleans. So. Yep. Um, Got to have more of that, and like I said, maybe this time because they they know Thielen is 100% back, and he's you know arguably statistically the better Vikings wide receiver. Maybe they're locking him down, and Diggs gets free, gets a little one on one somewhere. 
I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see how what their San plan Francisco is. Yeah. plans to take out take away our weapons. I, I I gotta imagine they're gonna look to shut down, to slow down that running game. Um, yeah. Which I know is nice because you hear Stefanski every week that if they decide to take Dalvin out of the game, that's gonna lead to most likely single coverage. Uh, on the outside, for which we will take Thielen, that every single time, win almost yeah. every time. So, um, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what they try to do to slow us down. Um, I don't know. I'm excited, man. Saturday, three thirty, short week. I think I'm taking Friday off just to get get prepped, get my mind in the right state. Um, you better get your mind ready. I'll get it right for you. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, anything else? Or are we a little prediction? I'm, I'm ready for prediction, man. I think you might be surprised by mine, but go ahead. You, you're gonna have me go first. Yeah. Um, you know, I got I got to ride the wave of the positive energy coming off of uh, the round table. Uh, Flip just just gave me so much positivity and and kind of went through the go get it speech and earning the respect. Um, and I think he's right. I think we're still looked at as as a massive underdog and and you know not necessarily being a respected opponent. Um, and when you look at the body of work across this season and the times that we've played extremely well. Um, you know, I think the Vikings are fully capable of going into San Francisco and winning this football game. So, um, you know, people have a tendency to guess high on playoff games, but I think the the, the numbers are always lower, right? I was pretty close last week. I said 27-24, ended up 26-20. Um, I think I'm going to stick in that range. I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say 27 to 17. Wow. The Vikings win. Are you kidding me right now? 27-17. That's my exact prediction. <laughs> I'm not joking you. That's my exact prediction. Really? And here's here's why. Because <clears throat> the way we're going to have to beat these guys, we're going to be needing to get some turnovers on offense to get after Jimmy G make him make some mistakes. And I don't think we win this game. It's a close game where we win it by like one or two points. I think we win it by multiple possessions. And I think that 27-17 might even be... 27-10 until really late. That's, I just I feel like that's the way we have to win this game. Yeah. And if we don't play like that, we're gonna lose a close game. Right. But that's the, it. Just it it feels like a game like that to me. I it must to you as well. Why you pick that same score? But that that's the exact score out of my mind. 27-17. 10 point win. Yeah. I just I don't know. I really really liked what I saw down the stretch last week. Um and. In overtime, at no point did it feel like we weren't going to go win this football game. Uh, now, obviously, you had a huge completion there, you know, relatively early in overtime, but that's the first time I can remember not being terrified. Um, I mean, I was, I was like still, you know, on the edge of my seat, but yeah. Right, but it just... The way we were moving the ball, it just, it it just seemed like felt, we were, yeah. It felt right. It felt like we're yeah. supposed to win, yeah. and, and I think that... This is a game, again, I, I the experience is huge. We're playing our best football right now. Um, and if the offense can continue to click, I don't see a reason why they can't shock the world again. And, you know, let's move on. One down, three to go, baby. One down, three to go. It's uh, I'll, I'll say is this, Mike. If you want it, go get it. Go get it, all right? It's, it's out there for the taking. We've given the blueprint. This team can play with any team on any given Sunday as long as we show up in the building. And you know what? I trust them to do that now. 
I trust Emory to get them ready to go. I trust the experience to teach them that they can't be sitting back and, and, and basking in this win. Um, because, you know, in, in three short hours, that's it's taken away and you're, you're going home. You're, you're making your plans to, to go to Miami for, for a couple months right. you know, over the winter. Um, no one wants that. No. We have a chance here to make something special. And make something special, especially as a sixth seed, I think is is even more special as a fan just watching this happen. Because, uh, like I put out there, you're not expecting much from a sixth seed. But to make a run as a sixth seed, man, that's something special. Yeah. Giants did it. Why not the Vikings? Yeah, let's do it. Enjoy the week, though, Vikings yeah. fans. Um, get on, I, you know, uh, good morning football. Uh, just all the clips. You know, if you don't want to sit through the ESPN long shows and all the bullshit that they talk about, that's one yeah. thing. Because you can go on and just watch the clips of the Vikings. But enjoy it. It's going to be a fun week where you're going to get a lot of coverage with the 49ers. Um, you know, drink it in. I know I'll be retweeting a lot of it or sending a lot of it mm-hmm. out to try to, uh, you know, get it out to all of you and, and let you see it. But um, just like we said last week, right, just enjoy the ride. Like, it, you're not here that often. Let's Let's have some fun with it. Playoffs are rare. Enjoy every bit of it. Um, even win or lose, come Sunday, I'm in. Hell of a ride this year. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Time to wrap this one up. Yeah. We've been the Scholars Podcast. I'm at Namok7 on the Twitter. Musky underscore Mike. As you know by now, if you didn't know, Climbing the Pocket Network, we're part of them. Daily Norseman, everywhere you get your podcasts. Check it out. Make sure you check out on Wednesday <clears throat> the roundtable. Had a lot of fun on there. Some great content there. Some some great minds there talking about Vikings well, football. So and if you want to run through a wall, flip. flip oh man, a... just listen to Flip, man. You'll you'll be searching like if you were to have Flip and PJ Fleck, Dude, like, I, it'd be too much. Like you, there, there would be no structures in in Minnesota anymore because no. all the walls would be run through. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, that's not good. Structures fall down, and then you need to get structural engineers in there. Right. It's, it, it, it's a scene. We, we're not going to go down that. It's a whole different podcast, right. Mike. Right. Um, so we're not going to go down there. That's going to be it for us, Mike. Skull Vikes. Let's go win Skull this one. Skull, baby. Let's go. Miami, let's go, baby. See you next week.